0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sleep On It, the podcast for sleeping your way to better health. I'm Naina.
1: And I'm Ying,
2: And I'm Komal.
0: Today we have Komal Kirti. She is a part of our team and she's been behind all the lovely art and media that you see on our wonderful social media pages. And today we're extremely excited to have her finally in front of the screen. And we're going to talk about all-nighters today.
2: Yeah. Uh, thanks for introducing me, Nana. A little bit about me: I am a senior at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm studying neuroscience and minoring in public policy and chemistry. So happy that I got the opportunity to be a part of this podcast to work with such lovely ladies. It's definitely such a pleasure.
1: Yeah, it's such a pleasure working with you, Comal. And we always have so many great conversations behind the scenes and what it's like to be a college student nowadays. So we're so excited to chat with you about this subject that I think a lot of us have been experienced or have heard about.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. Como has suggested that she likes to stay up late. And of course, you know, I'm a sleep doctor, so I can't help but ask, you know, why so late? And uh, this is how the conversation got started. And it just came up about
2: the topic that she loves doing all-nighters before exams. I don't love it. (laughs) I don't love all-nighters. I just, okay. So I my experience with all nighters, I think I've pulled maybe like a total of 10 in my lifetime of 21 years. Most of them have been concentrated in college. And it's not that like I want to pull an all nighter, I think it's my behavior leading up to the decision that I have to make, like do I pull an all nighter or not? That really is indicative of whether I pull an all nighter or not. So yeah, I think like the deeper problem here is procrastination.
0: Well, we're putting you on the spot and don't mean to do that, just teasing you, but the truth is we've all pulled all-nighters. I know I've had my share of them and Yingying does and She still does, I think. (laughs) But um, it could be related to procrastination. But I do think there might be some reasons physiologically why teenagers and college students and young adults like yourself may be more likely to pull all-nighters and sleep later into the evening and night. And uh, one of those reasons could be is because, well, we know that there's a circadian shift that happens around puberty. And what happens is that at puberty, your natural really inclined to just sleep at a later time it's harder to sleep like you did normally around 10 or 11 you're more inclined to sleep you know later in around one or two and that is because of the changes hormonally that are happening in your body at that time and so that's one reason so it's it's not all just behavioral i think i think uh, part of it is just that your the chemical makeup isn't promoting sleep as it normally once was
1: yeah do you think that what age does that usually happen again you know usually
0: around puberty and it could last up until early adulthood. The research isn't exactly precise on when that shift goes back to a normal sleep time, but it's hypothesized that maybe in the 30s. That's just a guess though.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why evolutionarily we're wired that way. I think it's like counterintuitive right when
2: our school schedules like become earlier when we go from middle school to high school, but like that's probably around the age when our circadian rhythm is like shifting. I think like that that needs to be taken into account.
0: Absolutely. And actually, the point that you just made is one of the most popular topics that is circulating in health advocacy and health policy right now. And there has been a big shift among the scientific community to sort of really lobby for later school times, knowing that well, why are kids waking up around 6 or 7am or often earlier to start school at 7 when their biological processes say that's probably still in the middle of their sleep? I mean, they're just not alert enough to really absorb the knowledge and be as active to participate in academics at that time. So I know certain states like Massachusetts and California are a little bit ahead of that curve in terms of trying to push that policy for later school start time. So that's definitely in the works. And I, hope that does happen because I do think that it's going to make a big difference. I mean, I remember even anecdotally as a kid that I was very sleepy earlier in the morning. I mean, it was just it felt unnatural to wake up so early, even if you did go try to go to bed early. And I think it's just a reflection of the true biological process happening.
1: Well, people say it's because the parents, you know, they have to go to work. So they usually have to wake up earlier. So it's much more aligned with their schedule to have their kids wake up earlier and go to school first before they go to work.
0: That's true. And, you know, there's a lot of social implications around school, too, that I think you're becoming more apparent during the quarantine. Like he's mentioning parents having to go to work earlier in the morning. It's easier for them to have to, you know, not coordinate different times for pickup. And a drop off, and also the big industry of the extracurricular activities, like you know, all those football and um, track and all the stuff that happens after school. So, if you started later, it would be harder to have those activities go later into the evening, leaving little time for homework and stuff like that. And obviously, we know how important in this country, at least extracurriculars play for a lot of people in getting college admissions and college scholarships. So, that's another big reason I would imagine.
1: Yeah, like I heard crazy stories about my cousins in China where they wake up super early, like 6am, they go to school at 7.30, then they come home for like an hour to eat lunch at 12. And then they go back to school and they stay in school until 6pm. And then they have like after school study until like 9 or 8pm. And then they come, you know, they eat like dinner in between and then they go to bed. And then they just start the process all over again because college admission is so competitive in in China, I'm sure in a lot of other countries as well. So that's why they utilize so much of that time just studying in extracurriculars and just sleep. Like, that's all they do.
0: They're working harder there than I, I think I was.
1: That. <laughs> Learning algebra in third grade. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think it kind of goes back to what we're talking about, about the psychological component to it, because maybe if you're under so much pressure and so much stress, then it would impact your sleep and then also maybe make you see all-nighters as something normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that just brings me to the topic. It's a little bit of a tangent, but the fact that I think kids this day and age, whether they're in elementary all the way to Age 33, I think I read a statistics like in that sort of age population, they're more depressed and stressed out now than they were in the 1950s when things were very different. I see a lot of kids during my training, during my pediatric clinics, and a lot of them would come in complaining about um, headaches and muscle tension. And it turned out the underlying reason usually had something to do around being depressed or stressed out or some school stressor or pressure to get into the right college or get onto the right varsity team. So yeah, do you feel like that's going on in college right now? Kumal? do you think it's like a big rat race that never seems to end? That's how I felt. And often it's it still seems to feel that way too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that way, especially for people who are like pursuing higher education, even after college, like pursuing grad school. In my case, I plan on pursuing medical school after college. There are a lot of requirements that go into your college career before you tackle that application process for medical school. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of competition at play and also like balancing extracurriculars along with your rigorous course load. So yeah, I can definitely relate.
0: I'd love to hear a day in the life of you in college. Like, what would, how would you describe a typical day for Komal
2: Typical day for me. So I, I never schedule eight AM classes because no, <laughs> I will wake up around me. I'll wake up around like nine. I think that's like a pretty reasonable time. I think. <laughs> and you're looking for me to approve? I think. <laughs> I'm just trying to justify as I go along. Some days I'll have like 930 classes or or 10 o'clock classes, depending on the day in the week. And then I'll have classes maybe until like two or three. And then I go to research for at least like six hours a week. So that would be like in two hour increments. And I'm part of an a cappella group. So we meet like three times a week and our rehearsals are 2 hours a piece so and then after that like it'll probably be around like 9:10 p.m. and that's like when I'll start my homework wow that <laughs> takes me back it does yeah and and when i'm in college i eat like two like huge huge meals a day so i I don't really snack. I just eat like in big portions.
0: I think that makes sense. Energy conservation and a lot of the research is suggesting intermittent fasting, which is you know not eating for long periods and then having two big meals is good. So I think that you know if it works, we're not. And on a busy day, on a busy schedule, I mean, we're kind of almost forced to do that. So I totally think that's okay, um, as long as you feel like you have enough energy with all those things that you're doing. That is a lot.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask. So do you think Think that your all-nighter experience started in college or earlier in high school?
2: I think like I there was a glimpse of it in high school. Maybe during my junior year when I was taking a lot of APs, the AP exams really were right next to each other. So prioritizing study times for each of the classes was kind of difficult. Like it really overlapped and think like my my time management has never really been my strong suit and I think that really plays um, a big role in whether you end up procrastinating or not and in turn plays a big role in whether you pull an all-nighter or not. think like I pulled maybe two all-nighters in high school but like I, I don't think it was really as bad until until college came along.
0: Yeah, you're saying, you know, you feel bad about time management. I just want to say, though, that it sounds like you have a lot going on and you're trying to juggle a lot of different things and trying to get into medical school. And I know that you are doing really great in your academics and trying to do everything, which is awesome. But And I want to sort of take some of the... I think that you're not alone. I know that in my clinics, I see a lot of college students that also complain a lot about sleep deprivation through the nights, and then have how to deal with excessive sleepiness throughout the day. They also have a lot of irregular patterns, and as a result, you end up having less and less time over time. And one of the things to keep in mind is that there's a lot of unique factors to college kids that I think are you know um, making them a little bit more prone to this and. Um, One of them we already talked about, which is sort of, you know, just the physiological change where um, you're naturally inclined to go to sleep later due to a shift in your circadian system. The second would be sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is sort of such a big component in getting not only to sleep, but getting also restful sleep that you would need for memory consolidation, right? So we, we need slow wave sleep and we need REM sleep for both procedural and declarative memory. So when you're not getting that sleep and, you're you're constantly sort of in a sleep debt per se, then it's gonna be harder to learn um, new material and also have sort of the same alertness you would have had if you were not sleep deprived. And a lot of the research is sort of suggesting that that has been done on sleep deprived adolescents and they've shown that it's harder for them to process new information. It's harder for them to also recall old information that they've already per se stored in their brains. So it's sort of not a win-win situation So let's talk about maybe how we can remedy some of that sleep hygiene. And it's really kind of basic. I mean, I think this was a statistic back in 2014, but um, 70% of adolescents are either on a computer or cell phone or um, some gaming activity before bed. And all of those have been shown to produce a delay in sleep, more frequent awakenings during the night as well, and waking up not feeling refreshed. So subjective sense of sleepiness throughout the day. And sometimes a lot of kids, when I see I call them kids, but you know, young adults, when I see them in clinics, they're not even aware that these, you know, fancy technologies are doing that to their sleep. So that's definitely one component. And also when you have late classes, like you said, what time did you say your classes were in the evenings? Como?
2: Well, I think the latest I've ever had a class, it like ended at seven, but usually like I'll have my classes end by three, Like especially now that I'm an upperclassman.
0: Do you ever have like coffee or tea or energy drinks or anything like that to try to push through, you know, classes or after
2: class? I've never really been much of a coffee drinker. I think I only started drinking coffee for the taste and because there's a Starbucks literally in the middle of our residential area. So um, it kind of like forced me to try it out and stuff. And also a lot of my friends are Starbucks enthusiasts. So it's like kind of hard to not like to like control myself when it comes to that. But I think I drink it just for the taste, not for its effects.
0: Yeah. And definitely coffee is a culture. I remember me, Yingying and I used to go for coffee all the time or have tea, you know, tea time.
1: It was our excuse to leave our library desk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can both Like, oh, we yeah. studied for three hours.
0: Let's go get coffee. <laughs> And it was not the coffee that would, there, there was coffee in it, but it was also loaded with sugar. I remember getting mocha frappuccinos and oh yeah,
2: yeah this is my favorite
0: one. I think the sugar also contributed to some awakenings um, there too. But um, yeah, I mean, coffee's a culture and it's a part of our lifestyle and coffee can last in your system for up to 24 hours, especially if you're drinking it late into the night. So, you know, energy drinks, even just vitamin waters. And I had a friend in college right before our organic chemistry class that you know our organic chemistry class was sort of the uh like the uh, you remember ying, ying, ying. It, was the,
1: it was the thing that either broke you <laughs> yeah. in college or made you stronger
0: yeah and it was like the the exams that I think the average were always like 33
1: percent or 44 percent or something like that and it always needed to yeah you would get a d plus on the test and get a b plus After the career exactly. (laughs) So um, I think a lot
0: of people were really nervous, including me before those exams. But I remember one time, one of my friends actually, you know, took a Red Bull, had some caffeine, then I started drinking green tea late into the night. And she actually started having heart palpitations and a headache and had to go to the ER right before
2: the right night of the exam. So I think that's absolutely yes. I I raised my hand because I was like, that's me. But then you said went to the ER. And I was like, no, that wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a part of sleep hygiene that does affect your sleep and contribute
0: to this sort of irregular sleep schedule because then what happens when you wake up after having a really poor nights of sleep, you're going to take naps in the afternoon and then not have time, then you're going to push your day a little bit later and you start homework a little bit later or projects or something like that. So, it ends up being a pretty vicious cycle. So, I just don't think it's my point is it's not just you know, you, Como it's sort of the entire, we went, I went through it, I'm sure. The whole you,
1: country the is whole kind country of an nighter culture, yeah. And yeah. we were talking behind the scenes about how people even boast about it, but we can get into that later. Yeah. So we thought, you know, there's so much to cover, so we thought a great way to kind of kick off further discussion is to play a little game, That you know, a little interactive game uh, that was Como's great idea. It's the Never Have I Ever. So Como do you want to kind of briefly tell us how this game is going to work? Yeah. So basically, I've compiled a list of
2: 15 things or 15 experiences. So how we play this game is that each of us, we're going to hold up all 10 fingers. And every time I read off one of these things, if you've done it, then you put down a finger. If you haven't done it, keep your fingers up. The first person to put down all their fingers loses. (laughs) Sounds good. All um, right. Excited. This uh I like it. It's very
0: reminiscent of college type games. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to kick it off. So, never have I ever bragged about how little sleep I got the night before.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I feel like it's like a vicious cycle, like one friend will brag about it. And then all the rest of us will start bragging about it. It's just like, yeah, and it's so totally you know.
2: stupid to brag about it, because like, you're literally wrecking yourself. You know, I
0: think in the medical culture, it's a really common thing to brag about, like I just pulled a, you know, because you're, you have to pull 24 hour shifts where you don't sleep. So often, you know, it's kind of like a culture to say, I, yeah, I'm still functioning, I'm ready to go, I can handle it. I go, I might have done it in that context.
1: <laughs> I actually have friends who still do it now. And, but I think when they say it, they don't get the same reaction as they used to. Like in college, when you say it, people will be like, wow. But now when people say it, you're, at our age, people are like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> okay, next question. Yeah, so never have I ever chose
2: binge watching a show over sleeping at a reasonable time.
1: Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially with Netflix and streaming sites, it's hard not to binge. I feel like it's almost marketed towards binging, like how it just automatically does the next episode without you needing to press anything.
0: Yeah, you actually have to press something and stop it. And also, it's, you know, now there's a whole category on Netflix that says weekend binges or Saturday binges. So it's kind of like promoting this uh, binge culture. So
2: I think like we've been talking about all nighters due to procrastination. But like now that like quarantine has happened, I feel like more and more people are experiencing like unintentional all nighters. Due to how much screen time that they're having and how much they're binge watching these shows.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's almost like they now have this opportunity to binge so many things because they're look they're seeking right something to pass the time. And then like how many times have we called our friends and be like, what show would you recommend for me to watch? And then they list off all these shows. I'm not one of those people that has like good self control. Yeah. Like that's why you should never put a like a bag of chips in front of me because I will probably eat the half the bag without realizing it. Like that's something I've definitely been working on. So when you see binge watching as like a bag of chips, it's just so enjoyable, you just like can't stop. I feel like it's a mind trick to get yourself to just be like, let's save these, let's put them away. They're not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. It's kind of so subconscious that we do it without even thinking. And I think in order to stop, we just have to say, okay. Whoa! It's eleven o'clock, or it's twelve o'clock. It's time to go to bed, and it's just that one little awareness
2: thing that I think could help. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, never have I ever read a book over sleeping at a reasonable time.
1: Oh yeah, Harry Potter when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Goblet of that fire. was mine too. <laughs> I remember I finished that book in three days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Babysitters
0: Club, which is now a show on Netflix, I saw, which I remember reading through the whole series as a little girl, and so uh, I was super excited to see it on Netflix. But I'm like, isn't this a little? When I first saw it, I was thought, well, I it was this must be for like a much younger uh, group of people. And justify it, watching this show <laughs> because I read that as, you know in my elementary days, but it's pretty sophisticated. It has a lot of emotional sort of components and a lot of thoughts. You know? so I was impressed. I going back to what stuff I'm watching on Netflix that I accidentally binged because it took me back to my childhood days. That's
2: cute. I love that. All right. Next one. Never have I ever drank coffee to stay up throughout the night.
1: That's a little different for me because coffee is such an interesting topic when it comes to staying up late. Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, I don't use coffee to stay up late because I associate coffee as a morning drink, if that makes sense, not a night drink. So even though I understand logically, that coffee helps people stay awake, it doesn't work for me. And my tolerance for caffeine is really high. So for me to stay awake, I use purely, like, physical will to stay awake, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does.
0: And you know, that brings to the point like a lot of people metabolize coffee differently. So, um, you know, one cup of coffee for me might not be the same for Como or for Yingying. So it really just does vary by your metabolic differences and your genes too. So I totally believe that. And even there have been times where, you know, I've drank coffee and it made me more sleepy. And I think it's because it was at the end of the day and I, and my sleep drive was just a little bit too high for the coffee to really, work.
2: Yeah, no, I can relate to what you were just saying, Nina. I feel like I drink the coffee for like for the intent of hoping that it'll keep me up later in the night. But it actually like makes me sleepy a lot of the times. And I think it maybe because the drinks that I get are too high in sugar, and maybe I'm like crashing. Or like you said, my sleep drive is probably too high. And like one overrides the other.
0: Yeah, I I think you know coffee competes for the same receptors on the brain as adenosine, which uh, promotes sleep, and adenosine starts building up the longer that we stay awake. So the longer that you're awake, you know, if you have too much adenosine, coffee just ain't going to do the trick until unless you drink a whole bunch, which I'm not recommending. So yes,
2: <laughs> next one. Never have I ever drank coffee and become so jittery that I could not focus on my work.
1: Oh yeah, I think every coffee lover has experience that at some point especially when you're first dipping your toe into different types of coffee and you're like oh I can handle this and you drink it and then you're like oh I feel weird (laughs) and your hands start shaking
0: Yeah, I used to drink a lot of coffee in uh, medical school in the mornings to make it for 7 a.m. lectures before I started watching the videos later on and I learned that was more effective. But anyway, when I did that in the morning, I wouldn't even notice, but I think my foot would start tapping and then like all my friends sitting next to me on the same table, they're like, come on, stop, What you've had too much coffee. And I realized like, oh, I didn't even think about it, but it is making me jittery too. It wasn't only making me alert, but it definitely had this like other effects that I didn't want. So I think there are certainly negative effects to too much caffeine, even if it doesn't feel like that, you know, but yeah. That's when I know I've had enough.
1: (laughs) And different people have different sensitivity to coffee. Like I'll have a friend, she'll have like a little bit of coffee and then she'll start feeling jittery and heart palpitations right away. So in that case, I feel like maybe those people tend to not be as much of a coffee drinker is my guess. They don't feel good after they drink it.
0: Yeah. All the people that I know that really don't like coffee at all complain of exactly what you're studying, which is they they get those, they just can't tolerate it.
2: It seems too bad. More coffee for us. (laughs) I also think that like if you're already like pretty stressed to begin with, and then like drinking coffee right after that can maybe worsen like how you're feeling somatically.
1: Yeah, it just makes me think about in college. I know a lot of people took, um, what's that drug that keeps you alert? Adderall. Yeah, Adderall. Like Adderall is really popular, unfortunately, in our college. And then people would take it. But then that was my thought process. Like, but you're already so stressed and wired, you know, and you're taking that. Like, what does that do to you?
0: Yeah, I, I was reading, you know, there's this epidemic of sort of misdiagnosis of ADHD among adolescents and um, young adults. And, you know, Adderall and other stimulants are commonly prescribed for the diagnosis of ADHD. But, you know, there's more research looking into that now and wondering whether it's actually not a primary ADHD process or a neurological process per se, but maybe it's because um, these kids are chronically sleep deprived where they don't have that, you know, a Attention or focus that they normally would with adequate sleep. So that's definitely a, a huge interest of exploration. And yeah, and as a result, you know, combining sort of stimulants with caffeine or soda and other things can definitely have a profound effect on your cardiovascular system and can certainly you know knock somebody into high blood pressure or heart rate. I you know know a lot of people that have gotten into that situation. So it's it's certainly not um, something to scoff at, but it's quite common um, with the growing diagnosis of adhd and in younger kids now
2: all right let's move on to the next one never have i ever written a really long paper the night before it was due
1: oh yeah (laughs) uh that was actually my biggest reason why i would pull on all-nighters yeah yeah was the paper writing um especially in college and even in high school I specifically have memories of, you know how they were, had to they had to be 10 pages, yeah right? It had page, page limits, back <laughs> I had to fill those 10 pages, and I would just remember trying to, like, pull up as many quotes from my references as I could to fill up the page, because I was just pressed for time. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> and, of course, the outcome is never as good, right, as if you were to have prepared the paper a long time ago. And so that's something that I learned in college was, get a paper, just start on it. You have, like three months to work on it but I always end up writing it three days before it's due for some reason and so that's something I've always had to analyze for myself because you're basically like torturing yourself it's like you get the paper and then you forget about it or you try just to put it to the wayside because probably you have all these other things going on that you rather focus on and then when the paper comes you just start panicking and then you kind of regret you go through that series of emotions of regret right like why did I put myself in this situation again I said I wasn't going to do it this time and then you start writing. And then, of course, I remember writing it and hearing the birds chirping. <laughs> 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 so it's coming up. And it's due at like 11 a.m. that day. Right. So I'm just like, oh, my God, two more pages. There's two more pages. <laughs> and, of course, I submit it right before it's due. And you do feel the sense of like, wow, I did it. I'm so happy. Right. You feel this like immediate euphoria afterwards. But then, of course, when you get your grade, you're like, oh, yeah, I know. I knew I could have done better. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's like, why? <laughs>
2: I, I... <laughs> I definitely can relate to that, too. I feel like I would take an exam over writing a paper any day. I feel like I'm okay at writing. Like, I, I don't think I'm, like, horrible at it. But I, it's just something, like, the finished product will be fine. But I think the process is just so, it's, like, so. What's the word? Painful. Yeah, it's so Painful. But like, I just keep avoiding it. Yeah.
0: I feel like it also just depends on, you know, the topic, you know, a lot of times, like in high school, there were like these dry historical topics and things you just didn't really weren't interested in. And that's why we often procrastinate. But if it's something that I'm really interested or writing about now, and I don't have the same feeling about it, like I, I think, you know, you find that when you see a topic that you love, you just get into this like mental creative flow, and it just keeps going. And sometimes I do pull all nighters as a result of just getting into this like creative flow yeah and just trying not to stop that thought process but that was not me as in high school but yeah
2: (laughs) um okay let's go on to the next one never have i ever napped so hard that i woke up with marks on my face and drool stains on my pillow (laughs) Uh, yeah that's a good nap (laughs) i don't think i have but i found my friends like red-handed
1: oh yeah 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 definitely um at hopkins uh there's a i'm sure every college has a version of this it's called hell week right it's like the one week before all the final last finals before the year ends. And so it's tradition at Hopkins for everyone to go to be in the library for like the whole week. And so you would wake up really early and secure your spot at the library. And the library is also open 24 hours, which is really hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, op- the library is completely open like it never closes for hell week and we have um i think five levels yeah. and it starts with like a all the way to d and d is like a dungeon literally a dungeon because there's no sun but not no sunlight like it's the basement versus a is like you know the ground level with the windows and so everyone want, wanted to get a spot in a b and c no one wanted to get a spot in d unless you wanted like alone time but basically to keep your spot you would just sleep at your at the spot that you secured in the library so literally people would bring pillows to the library and just sleep in the library, and I. Always see people sleeping and drooling, waking up with like pencil marks and like from their books or whatever. And so I think I did that a few times too. Just because you're so exhausted.
0: Yeah, I totally remember how we can. Another thing about Level D is that it's scary to walk through there too because your footsteps, people get annoyed by the footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty much noise. Everyone's like on this high stress, like high strung, like, you know, it's just even you can't make, if you do decide to go to level D, you can't make any noise. I just don't know how that's possible considering they're camping out there with all of the, their things. They would have like blankets and all that stuff. But yeah, that that uh, that definitely does bring back some memories. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, rem- I remember when I toured at Hopkins as a like a high school junior or something. Like I remember the tour guide mentioning that, That, like, you can't let a pin drop, otherwise you'll, like, anger everybody on the floor. (laughs) Never have I ever napped so hard that I thought I was in a different dimension after I woke up.
1: Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're in a fever dream. It's really weird. Yeah. I think,
2: like, definitely, like, the night after an all-nighter especially, your sleep drive is so hard, and, like, you just pass out after the exam, and... Once you wake up, I don't know, an absurd amount of, Time later, you can't even tell where you're at in like space and time.
0: Yeah, actually, that reminds me of a story when I was in high school, and I think it was a really hard week. It was like AP exams, and I think it was Friday after I was almost done with most of my AP exams. But I was like Monday through Friday, I was just sort of like staying up, sleeping a little bit, studying, and all that stuff. And then Friday, I just crashed when I got home, like at 3 p.m. or something like that. And I was just so tired. I went. When I woke up it was dark outside and I thought oh it must be early in the morning and it must be time to go to school so I literally took a shower got ready like got my things I thought I had to go take an exam and I went downstairs and my parents who like wake up naturally at like 5 a.m they're like what are you doing today's Saturday and I was like what what I had no concept of like the time or anything just because I felt like I had slept so long and so I that was you know that was when i felt Felt like I was on a totally different dimension after sleep but
1: yeah it's really crazy how your brain works you know it almost tricks you because I've had moments where it's really where I feel like time went by longer than it really did like it's almost felt like I was time traveling but I'm just in my dro- my groggy state of being because like you said you crash after you pull an all-nighter so you sleep and then you think no time has passed and you wake up and then it's already been like 12 hours or something or the opposite happens where you go to sleep and you think you slept for so long but only 10 minutes passed.
0: yeah and you know i think ying and i talked about this much but when you're in dreams it also changes the perception of time also and i i know we've talked about like you know i had a really intricate or vivid dream and it felt like you know it was this long story that just spanned your whole like you know year in your life in your dream and then you wake up and it was like wait I think I was only sleeping for half an hour. So it's crazy how that time perception happens. And we can talk more about that if you guys are interested in dreams and things like that in a future episode.
1: Yeah, I think that would be really great to talk about that more because I don't know. Have you guys ever had dreams where you thought you woke up? So you went, you got up, made your bed, brushed your teeth, and did like what you were supposed to do that day. And then you realize you're in a dream. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, that's so weird. I thought I had already gotten up.
2: Yeah, I know that definitely happens to me. Like I'll dream about very real life scenarios, especially happens when I'm stressed out about yes. something school related. So like, I'll think that I didn't I, I like I overslept for my exam or something. But that's like my dream. And then I wake up like all petrified and stuff.
0: But Yeah, exactly. That you know, that exam dream just never tends to go away no matter how, <laughs> you know, like, I've gone through A lot of exams, you know, board exams, uh, medical school exams, step exams, but I still have dreams of just exams from high school. I don't know why. Like, I most commonly dream about exams in like high school or something like that rather than not to belittle those exams, but like I've had more recent and kind of more monumental exams and they still don't show up in my dreams. I don't know if it's something about like those childhood like imprinting that happens when you, you have to take exams at such an early age and the stress that's associated with that is really you're just more sensitive to it at that time than when you're older. It's kind of like when you get older, you just, not that I don't get nervous before exams now, but it just seems more like something that I've done for a long time and it just seems like I'm not as nervous. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I think a lot of the stress associated with it that shows up in my dreams. Is is childhood context?
1: I think it's because we had pop quizzes when we were kids, but we didn't have pop quizzes as adults. Oh and yeah, so that's that fear of like suddenly you have a test in front of you that you didn't prepare for, and you have to now know all the material that freaks me out. So I always have dreams of having a test I didn't know was planned and having it in front of me.
2: Yeah, I only heard about pop quizzes on TV. Like I don't think I've ever had a pop quiz. <laughs> we
1: I we would have them at my high school, yeah. especially for like English class. Like the teacher would test if you've read the book. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, chapter five is due today. Here's a test on what happened yeah. in chapter five. And we're like, oh, no, we didn't read it. I mean, just trying to guess. That was a clever tactic. Yeah. yeah. I feel like me and Nina's generation was more, like, fear-driven <laughs> than maybe present generation. I do know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think we have a long way to go in terms of promoting wellness in young adults, children and adolescents. But I think when we were growing up, it was more of a fear tactic, fear culture.
1: Like like a um, scarcity culture versus abundance, I guess. Yeah.
0: But I think, you know, there are stressors of different things now, in my opinion. I don't know. One of the things I think about is, you know, knowledge is at your fingertips, right? So you can go on our podcast channel and learn a lot of great stuff or just kidding, knowledge. Yeah is really just one click away. So I think there's a lot more pressure on the younger generation learning now, right? Because you have access to all this knowledge. Whereas I remember having to do a project on beluga whales when I was in elementary school. And I literally had to go to the library, go to the encyclopedia, find the whale section, look up the beluga section, like uh, scan all those pages. And then like, read them. And that's how you did your project. That was when you were in third or fourth grade, when the internet was not like what it is now, right? Where kids are just constantly on iPads.
1: Went down memory lane there. (laughs) We're not dating ourselves at all, (laughs) right? All right. Never have I ever
2: fallen asleep during class. Yes.
1: (laughs) And I always would get caught by the professor. And I would feel so bad because you're trying to keep your you're trying so hard to keep your eyes open. And, like, you're, like, looking – you probably look like you're just, like, so mad because – and then you're – and I remember my eyes were closing as the professor was looking at me. And I was, like – and I couldn't stop it because I was so tired.
0: I think it was more common for me to do that, like, in residency where I would pull, like, all-nighters and then be expected to go to, like, a morning lecture. And, come on, I mean, I couldn't help it. I mean, I'm, I'm sleep-deprived and – but, you know, I think they were – probably a little bit more understanding than Yinging's where they were <laughs> zeroing yeah. in yeah i hope anyways i wasn't I, I i wouldn't be able
1: to
2: tell you but we'll see
1: yeah do you catch a lot of people in your classes como falling asleep or do they just sleep in the back as they did with us
2: um i think like in the like the bigger lecture style classes so like during my freshman and sophomore year i saw it a lot more Uh, Frequently, I think like one one of my like good friends in particular is definitely definitely guilty of sleeping in class. So yeah, I don't think I've done it myself. Not for yourself? I don't think I've done it myself. Good. Yeah,
0: I want to hear from our viewers. How many of you guys have fallen asleep in the day and age of Zoom classes? I mean, I feel like you're in your own home. You're probably (laughs) in your recliner chair. You could put a blankie on you nobody would know you could be in your sort of you know fluffy slippers fall asleep you know i'm sure that's happening a lot more now but definitely love to hear from you guys if that's true or not true
2: okay never have i ever stress ate while cram studying for an exam
0: yeah even if i try to eat like healthy foods like nuts like i'll eat too many nuts or i'll just like eat too much that night and i know like when i was doing night shifts in residency then people would order pizzas or just order tons of food to help stay awake and so you're kind of like okay i'm gonna eat and uh just because it's there and to stay help you stay awake so i definitely have done that in the past which is one of the reasons why i really don't like All nighters, either because you just end up consuming so much more than you would have if you were just sleeping. But
1: the comment for you, Komal, to like see that, and if so,
0: what's your favorite foods?
2: Um, okay, so yeah, I put my finger down for binge eating while studying, but I think I could also go like the complete, like, polar opposite as well, like, especially if I'm like really in the zone with studying. I'll just like block out all other sensory stimuli and just like focus on my work and like forget about all my meals. So like I could go either way, honestly.
0: Yeah, you know that it reminds me of two kinds of people I know and how they handle stress, like two groups. I mean, I, I think there's the group that I fall in, which is that I will stress eat in times of stress. Like I will like probably choose bad options, unhealthy options, um, kind of quick feel good. Like chocolate or whatever. But that's how one of the reasons I ended up gaining weight in residency during that high stress period, which um, we can talk about at a later episode. But then I had, there's the other type of people whom maybe you fall into, Como, that naturally don't want to eat during stress and they don't have an appetite and they end up losing weight. Like I had a friend who we were um, friends in medical school and then we saw each other close to the end of our intern year. We visited each other and she had lost a ton of weight and I was like how did you do it she was like I was just under a lot of stress and I just couldn't eat and so that was really surprising for me to see it in terms of the fact that there's so many different coping mechanisms out there or, or how you respond to stress
1: yeah I think for me the only thing I would stress eat would be sweets would be like Nutella okay never have
2: I ever been told that I look sick because of the depth of my dark circle. Like sweetie are
1: you okay? Cuz like
2: <laughs> Oh yeah. I yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, you look tired this
0: morning. Yeah, I've definitely gotten that.
1: But I feel like that might also be if like I don't wake up in time to put on makeup and then I go to class and then people see me and they think I look different so then they wonder if I'm sick. So I think that might also be a part of it.
0: But it's natural. I mean, sleep deprivation cause it does that. I mean, it makes you feel and look tired. I mean, it's hard to have bright eyes, right? When you're half asleep, you're just not as alert. I mean, also it just goes to show how much like mood plays a big role in how you look and how you feel. And I think that, you know, sometimes when people are just like high, i noticed like just high energy, got a lot of rest, they're just like smiling all day. They just like exude energy and they just look good as a result um just look more sort of inviting that's the kind of look that i think we're all going for and it's it's natural to not have that when you're just sleep deprived i think or did we all lose at the same time
2: no i still have one finger up oh, well, it comes on top <laughs> how did i win i feel like i i like i wrote these <laughs> maybe that's why because you wrote these no i don't know i'm just
1: uh, it's rigged yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Ah, okay, good. I think that was a really good cover of all the things that people who pull all-nighters have experienced and can relate to. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it was fun. Thanks for taking us back to, um, you know, memory lane. Yeah, of course. So uh, if you like what you see, remember to subscribe to our channel. And until then, sleep on it, guys. Just go to sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull that all-nighter. <laughs> and thank you, Como. This was so fun. Thank you, Komo.
2: Oh, yeah, no problem.